time for Don McDowell Outdoors on Fox Sports 910. A show for the avid fisherman and hunter looking for tips from the pros. Now here's your host, a saltwater fisherman and the man that fears no fish. He's the bass daddy in a tournament pro, Don McDowell. All righty, hey, welcome to the show today. You know, there's an old Bible story that goes something like this. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights, but that's not us, but it's nice to have the rain. Hey, welcome to the show today. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. We've got uh, the brand spanking new commissioner from AZGFD, Marsha Petrie Sue in studio. I am honored. I am blessed. Woo! Here we go. I am thrilled. Thank you so much, Don. I really appreciate it. What fun. Yeah, it is. We're going to talk about uh, the trials and tribulations. Boy, this turned into a religious show. Yeah. <laughs> 40 days, 40 nights, trials and tribulations. Oh, you my goodness. It. Anyway, and then we have our good friend uh, Jim Lawrence, the director for the Arizona Deer Association on the project side. We're going to talk about what he's been up to. Jim, thanks for coming down. Thank you, Don. Okay. All right, I think we've got everybody situated here. So, Marsha, it, it's been a long time uh, in coming to get you seated. You had an awful lot of support, and uh, I appreciate you bringing your uh, arm candy and your driver down here. Uh, Mr. Sue, Al Sue's over here in the corner. This guy, you, you got to know this guy. In fact, you got to know all these people. Yeah, I want you to know all my friends, man. They're just <laughs> awesome. Al was the uh, volunteer of the year for Arizona Game and Fish, and uh, he's out there with uh, Marsha Sue. Uh, I- I'm not going to use your middle name. No, that's fine. Okay, because here- here's the deal. We only use our middle name when we get arrested. Ah, uh, okay. okay. I-, I haven't been arrested yet. Okay, well, you-, you know, you need to watch cops or, you know. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, we do. Court first, cam. First okay, Marsha yeah. Petrie Sue is before the judge. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you started uh, this process uh, quite some time ago. Uh, kind of give us a little thumbnail on your selection process, how long it uh, took to get you seated, and then finally uh, getting blessed by uh, the governor. Well, let's see. I've been watching the commission meetings for almost two years. And as you know, and Jim knows, is that uh, we've been doing the projects uh, on conservation for a very, very long time. And not only with deer, but also with antelope and elk and, and a bunch of other critters, sheep and all of that. And so, uh, someone asked me, they said, have you ever thought about running for commissioner? I thought, no. And so no, I said, the correct answer is why would I? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, what's the time commitment? Cause you know, I thought, well, one meeting a month, you know, that's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Uh, the process was interesting, filled out all the stuff, went in front of CARB, did my uh, presentation, and thanks to people like Mr. Jim Lawrence, thank you so much for being there and speaking on my behalf. It was fabulous. Uh, and we waited and waited because the uh, announcement was supposed to be December, January, and it was finally in September. Whoa. Yeah. So I kind of started just loading up my calendar with a bunch of stuff because I thought, well, I'm not going to get it. You know, so now I'm trying to <laughs> look at my calendar and figure out how do I go to all the regions, go to all the meetings, meet all the people, do all the stuff, but it's working out. What time of, uh, kind of a time commitment do you think you're actually going to have for the folks that don't understand what, what the commission does? I would guess right now I am spending 
20 hours a week, maybe, doing commission stuff. Uh, going to the regional meetings, meeting with people, learning, and boy, I'll tell you, you talk about orientation by fire hose. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm really getting it. But it's good. It's all good. It's all good. And the nice thing is, is that the response level of any, any question I ask, any question, it's almost immediate. And it's fabulous. It is, it just, it's really good. And the one thing, Don, that I did not realize is the capability of these people that are working for Arizona Game and Fish Department. They are smart. They are communicators. They are well-spoken. And they're just very interesting, terrific, fabulous people. And I've worked with a lot of corporations in, in my business life. I would put Arizona Game and Fish as a business toe-to-toe with any of them really yeah it's unbelievable you think she knows the same people we do (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding yeah but it's fabulous i'm enjoying every minute um i get up an hour earlier which is five now instead of six and sorry al (laughs) yeah i know and he he, i'll read in the morning because we get all this stuff you know on the ridge line and all the rest is and he'll turn over and just turn that thing off you know Okay. But that's okay. But it's it's fabulous. And we're still doing a lot of projects. We did a project uh last weekend up with Terry Klein. And Yeah, I want to talk about that. Um fabulous project. Long term, you know, that's uh something the ADA funded and you know, we've got a lot of a lot of stuff on the ground out there. We'll, we'll cover that. So, what's your uh, what what are your expectations as a commissioner moving forward? I know that's a loaded question because you guys are dodging bullets every week. Well, and it really isn't for me. It's not a loaded question. And it was funny when I went in front of the CARB. They said, "What are your short and long term goals as a commissioner if you were to be appointed?" And I said, well, my short-term goal is to make sure that communication is for all segments of people in the outdoors and also to gather new people to get into the outdoors. So I don't care if you're a hunter or a fisher person as I am, or if you're out there hiking, uh, you're a birder, you know, whatever, if you're out there to see the grasslands and the, the spring blooms or whatever it is, is that we are speaking to them in their voice. And this is part of my business now is know your audience and that audience fluctuates so that is my short-term goal is to make sure that our communication is adjusted for all of those different groups my long term in my mission in life is to give back more than i received and connect my head and my heart with my mouth my goal is if i can help (laughs) one person a month that's all i want to have a little bit more joy, especially in entertaining and being in the outdoors, I'm living my life's goal. Because I know we've all been put here, let's talk about religion, for a very specific, here we go, <laughs> very specific person, a reason, and my reason is to give back. So I'm able to do that through this commission appointment, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to do that. Jim, can we have an amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Well, well spoken. I, you know, I hope, uh, your enthusiasm doesn't wane as you go through the process. No, I can drive the entire world nuts. Thank you. <laughs> Stop laughing. You, you, <laughs> Jim's laughing at okay, me. Okay. We're just going to go. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> But it's fabulous. It really is. And the commissioners have been so fantastic. I have to, I have to interrupt you I, okay. uh, on that note. We have some of the best darn commissioners 
Uh, the guy that I miss the most, and, and I will always miss him, is Kurt Davis. Oh. Uh, I just have such a love and, and affinity for his friendship. He, he's, he's amazing. He, yeah, he just he's an amazing man. Uh, Tough his, shoes to fill. His, it, it is. Yeah, no, nobody's going to fill them. No. I no. talked to him actually day before yesterday. He called and wished me luck, and we talked about a few of the issues that were on the agenda, and he has just been such a huge help before, during, and yeah. now. It, yeah. It's just amazing. He's an amazing human being. And then Guggenauer, um, I can't speak highly enough. Uh, we're going to be talking to Jim here at uh, 7.30, time certain. He gets three minutes. Uh, okay, and by the way, your three minutes are up. Hey, Jim, what's happening? <laughs> Uh, you know these commission meetings. Would you, you, you take a guy like me? You stick a microphone in front of my face. I go for two hours. Sure. Then they give I you this blue slip and go. Okay, what's your name? Oh, by the way, you have three minutes. Yeah. Uh, come on. Really? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So yeah, it's fun though. I, I'm enjoying it a lot, and I really encourage people to go in and check out the Arizona Game and Fish website. We have so many things, and it's neat as a commissioner because I get emails from from constituents. And I had one gentleman say, "I'm going to give your home phone out so they can call you after 10. Oh God, I think most of the people already have it. Holy okay. moly! <laughs> uh, and and uh, to go in, and I had someone say, "I've got two youngster boys, and they're very interested in the outdoors." And so I I focused him in on the website, and there's all kinds of kids activities where to fish. We have 29 different fishing opportunities just here in the Phoenix area. Yeah, 29. And it's all it's program. all there on when it's stocked, when to go, <clears throat> what are they fishing for, and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of information there. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jim, just to give a thumbnail on how long you've been involved in uh, conservation, if well. I don't think we've ever talked about that on the air. No. Um, <clears throat> about 12, 14 years now I've been involved with conservation. Um, I started out with the Mule Deer Foundation. Uh, with projects with them, um, and uh, now I'm with Arizona Deer Association. I've heard of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing a fabulous job, by the way. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, it's like I told you guys up at the business summit, you know, we all love the Energizer Bunny. We have the Energizer Bigfoot over here. (laughs) Can I be the bunny? If you wish, dear. Okay, bunnies are cute. Yes, ma'am. Got a Bigfoot? I'll leave that up to Jim. Sasquatch, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Well, that, that's the thing, you know, <clears throat> Guggenauer is involved with the MSA, uh, the uh, Mogollon Sporting Association. We, we call it the Mogollon uh, Sasquatch Association after we saw Finding Bigfoot up in Mogollon Rim. So, I mean, there it's you like, go. come on. There you go. So. It's true. It's true. But Jim has done just an amazing job of getting our relationship with the ranchers and some of the people that are on land there and creating this situation so we can go out and do projects. That's paramount. And, and uh, I appreciate Jim so much. Uh, before I met him, we put together a uh, landowner <coughs> uh, ranching committee kind of a thing. And uh, he's taking that to the next level. Right. And uh, we, we, we truly have a symbiotic relationship with the uh, twofold. The uh, Game and Fish Department is one. The commission is another because those are, those are two separate functions. And then the troops on the ground with the WMs. I mean, that that's a whole other set of parameters. And then the uh, ranching community <clears throat> all over the place. And it, it's, it's just awesome. 
Well, and it has totally changed the face of the perspective that ranchers have of Arizona Game and Fish and of some of the critter groups. And thanks to people like Jim Lawrence, uh, they have done that single-handedly, really. And it's just been fantastic. And by the way, did you know this? Did you know that Jim and Elena got married in our backyard? I did, along with uh, Mike Day and, and, yep. and some other unmentionables that we won't talk about. So. Yeah, Troy Christensen, who works for yep, Game and Troy, Fish. Yeah, Troy, yeah. Yep, yep, and I have another wedding coming up next year. I guess people like our backyard. I don't that, know. That, that's a Sioux wedding chapel. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have some zoning issues. <laughs> uh, yo, um, yeah, it's more like a zoo. Yeah, well, it is. Yeah. Wild Kingdom. Yeah. Right? Hold that thought. I appreciate both of you guys being here and, and bringing Al down. We've got to <clears throat> flip into the spots here at Fox Sports 910. I'm Don McDowell. This is 99.9 FM on the HD2 side. We'll be right back. This segment brought to you by Boyd's Gun Stocks, makers of the adjustable agility and at-one stock for your favorite long gun. Head to boydsgunstocks.com for more details. Build with Boyd's. Show us your rack. How big is that elk, whitetail, moose, or mule deer? In the world of big game hunting, there's nothing better than having your rack on the wall and shown around the outdoor world. Head to HuntingFishing.com and show us your rack. Now back to Don McDowell Outdoors on Fox Sports 910. All righty, we're back talking to uh, uh, Commissioner Sue and Jim Lawrence. Um, You know, we talked about a lot of stuff, uh, the, the Perhaps we can clarify, um, before we move to break, we start talking about the HPC, the Habitat Partnership Committee. Uh, between the two of you, why don't you explain to the listeners what that is, uh, what it does, and uh, m- move it forward. Boys first. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, with, with the... Yeah, three minutes, by the way. <laughs> Thank you very much. Blue slip. <laughs> uh, the Habitat Partnership Committee, or HPC... Um, we use uh, wildlife money when we sell these big game tags uh, to fund projects all over the state. Uh, we've been averaging about $2.3, $2.5 million the last few years. Explain, uh, if you would, the uh, PR, the Pittman Robinson money. Uh, PR money. Every gun, <laughs> bullet uh, that you buy, um, has an excise tax, a 14% excise tax, which was started, Teddy Roosevelt started that, I believe. Right. Yeah, thanks, uh, Teddy. <laughs> yeah. That's what a visionary. A huh? But um, it's self-funded. I mean, this is what puts money on the ground, for, and it goes to all 50 states. So um, uh, the money that's raised with Pittman Robertson goes to all is divvied up between all 50. Yeah, that's a pro rata share that, uh, you, 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 the thing about conservation, I, I think the villagers, those that aren't engaged, uh, the folks that you're trying to drag into the, right, the hunt, they really don't have a clue where conservation comes from. No, they you know, I think they, 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 they think there's a big bottomless pit for conservation money and, and there's no budget. There's no federal budget for, or state budgets for quote, Conservation. We take no state uh, no. money. Yeah, we no. we are the guys that are footing the bill. The anglers, the uh, Dingle Johnson money is over on the fishing side. So right. you combine those two things, and hence you have terrestrial and aquatic uh, conservation stamps. dollars. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this year in 2022, 
we had 66 proposals come in for HPC money. Boy, that's down. Yeah, very much so. How much of that, uh, Commissioner, was uh, dedicated to water mitigation? You know, that's a good question. I don't know what the... That's all I have is good questions. I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ma'am. It's a great question. Uh, I don't know that for sure on that. that, uh, I haven't looked at it from that aspect. But I know that there are those kinds of features in there. The other thing that we're looking at, Don, that I think is really important is that to distribute this money, of course, you want to get the biggest bang for your buck. So we like the big, big projects, right, that that are maybe the four or five-year projects. But also we're looking at the small projects, the things that we do at Deer and that Jim does uh, through Deer and some of that. So there's a, a good ratio, and I don't know what that ratio is yeah. yet, but of <clears throat> looking at the big projects and making sure that all of the things that they have to have done are done before we give them the money, so that there's no delay, so we give money. Talk project. about talk about the cultural aspect of uh, what, what you just mentioned. I mean, there, there's so much red tape, bureaucratic nonsense that that we have to go through. Well, and Andrew has come up. Uh, Andrew Cavalcant from Arizona Game and Fish. He's just been amazing with metrics. And so there's a whole spreadsheet, of course, and it looks at all of those, whether it's NEPA or some of the other things that Jim knows that, that uh, the projects have to have and have to clear before we will even consider giving them money. So that's great because when we say, okay, we're going to give you this much money for this project, <coughs> then indeed they go and they spend it, uh, whether it's bentonite or, or a water project or the some for antelope doing some of the fence uh, allocation stuff, then that's what, what they spend the money on. It's just, it's wonderful. But he really has it nailed down now. Good. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thrilled with it. And, and I have another meeting with him. I've had one meeting and it's just enough for me to ask a zillion more questions. So <laughs> I'm trying, I'm informing myself. And, and I just had a wonderful meeting with, uh, Commissioner Brake. And he sat down and gave me history of HPC and how we came up to where we are today, which is fantastic for me to know what the history is and what the bumps in the road were, uh, where it was smooth sailing. And so we can focus on what is the good stuff coming out of that so we can move forward very quickly with distributing this money. Wonderful. Yeah, we Wonderful. had, uh, let's see, I have the, uh, $2,822,355 this year for those 66 proposals. Yeah, that's up from last year too, so that's. Yeah. Usually we see in the neighborhood of 80, between 80 and 90, uh, proposals that come through. Well, and we have to rely on getting those, uh, <clears throat> NEPA and all the rest of that done, which they're behind. So, you know, some of those projects, you have to wait two years. To, right, right, Jim? And you probably can speak to that better than I because you're on it, the receiving it, end. Uh, Commissioner Sue is the um, the cultural side of it, you know, the cultural clearance. Yeah. The archaeologists, especially like with the forests, they are so far behind yeah. getting the cultural clearances done. And with HPC, you can't submit a proposal exactly unless the NEPA is done. Uh, you know, all your culture clearances are in place. Everything's green lighted and ready to go. Right. So, 
Right. And that makes it easier for us to make a decision on this if we do have all that done. So we don't have to get in the weeds and figure out what else needs to be done and what needs to be completed. So thankfully, that's what Andrew and his crew are doing is making sure that that spreadsheet that I, I mentioned is complete. So when we look at it, we know that it's all done. Boxes are checked. Uh, eyes are yeah. dotted and we're good to go. That's, uh, Interesting project. So, um, the, you know, with the uh, federal side of stuff with the cultural, um, wh- what's your opinion of getting these guys off the stick? Because there, there's, uh, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because there, there's still a lot of people working from home. They think COVID's still here. So, you know, I, I heard the other day I was checking on a project down in 36. Yeah, 36, and the, the lady that is in charge of the the uh, on-the-ground cultural is still working from home. And it's like, come on, man, you guys got to get back to work. I mean, how can you run an agency working from home? Well, and that's a really good question because I think that there's a lot of businesses out there that are still suffering from the COVID lockdown. And I'll give you a good example is that you, if you do have someone really good at their job and they're working from home, I wouldn't want to force them to come into an office because you run the risk of losing them to another agency. And we're running into that at, at Arizona Game and Fish Department. You know, so for an example, if you have, uh, I'm just, this is a random uh, guess, a finance person. They've been working from home for two and a half years. They have their schedule all set up. And all of a sudden you say, you have to be in the office, you know, how many days a week, five, three, whatever it is. What are they going to do? And they have someone else coming to them. And say, you, you, they, you, someone needs to explain. You cannot run a state agency from your, from your kitchen table. I'm sorry. No, I don't, you I don't can't. give a damn who you are. No. We just want to make sure that we don't lose. And I'm sure the <coughs> feds are the same way. They don't want to lose good people just because of that. But I agree with you. No, I can't go down that, that road with you. Okay. You, you can't come to work. Go get a job someplace else. <laughs> Real simple. There you go. There you go. That's a, you know, difference of, of uh, business perspective and stuff. So I, I respect that, Don. Yeah. Very much. Well, so. you know, it, w- with the federal government, uh, you know, there's too many people that, that they don't know what o- the term overhead is. They've never signed somebody's paycheck. They don't know what we put into general overhead to run. An, I mean, what, what, what's the, the department's budget this year? You know, that's an excellent question. I don't know. I apologize. Not, well, that, I, you can okay. ask Guggenhauer. Uh, okay, that, that Guggenhauer. would work. It, it, yeah. it, it, that, it's well over a million. Okay. And, uh, you know, there are just so many. Uh, it, it's difficult for a state agency versus private sector to function. And we're, we're blessed with, uh, you know, a, a pretty good budget, but we're still having you, – you can't run this, the – the game and fish department like a business because you have to answer the governor, you have right. to answer this guy, you have to answer the legislature. In a hiring freeze, I need 14 people to drive trucks, but eh, I can't because Roy. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you're you're bringing this up because that's one of the things as a commissioner, and I know the other commissioners are feeling the same thing. We are working to go to each of the department within Arizona Game and Fish yeah. and explain to them what does the commission do? Yeah. How does this business run? You know, what is your your part of that? And how do you help us succeed? Because I think a lot of these people, and I think COVID exacerbated it, is that they've been working in these little individual pods 
They don't know what the whole thing is. Uh, exactly. So that's why I know uh, Commissioner Guggenhauer and I are going to a couple of the Christmas parties, driving up to Pine Top, going to Mesa, and that sort of thing, just to explain a little bit broader picture yeah. of what we do. I think one of your biggest friends uh, you're going to find out is going to be Ed Sanchez. Oh, he is so fantastic. I he had is, an amazing yeah. meeting with him of helping me understand his perspective to the legislators and all of the change that's happening right now within our government. Jim and I go down there, we leave in a tailspin, and he gets it all figured out. Yeah. No problem. And I mean, it, without even picking up a pen, you know, and he has such fantastic relationships with everyone, and that's yeah. the thing that, that I think is great. Okay, uh, hold that thought. We're going to get... Uh Commissioner Guggenhauer on the phone. We're going to be surrounded, Jim. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. And uh, after that, we're going to talk to Doug up. And Doug, Doug says hi. Hey, he's up in St. George hanging out at the Dairy Queen. They, they have a special each week at, at, in Doug's honor. It's, it, it's a Doug freeze. It's usually a muffin turned into a, a blizzard. So we'll get back to Doug. <laughs> All right, we're going to flip funny. into No, uh-uh, no, I'm not going to let you talk. No, 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 no. Uh, well, we got to get out of here on a hard break on Fox Sports 910. We'll be right back. Back to Don McDowell Outdoors on Fox Sports 910. And always on our free iHeartRadio app. Here's the Bass Daddy and Tournament Pro, Don McDowell. All righty, we're back and coming to the microphone now. Commissioner James Guggenhauer, we're not going to talk about your uh, prowess on building uh, fishing rods yet, but... Uh, we want to welcome you with Commissioner Sue here and Jim Lawrence is here. So you have the floor, Commissioner. Three minutes. <laughs> oh, good. I've got my blue slip right here. Uh, start with your name, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very, very good. Uh, wow, you got the A-team in there uh, this morning. And, uh, uh, yeah, lots of uh, good things going on. You can feel uh, Marsh's passion for the the game and fish and the conservation efforts across the state with uh, Al and Jim just uh, can't say enough about what all those people do to make everything great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, we're we're blessed to have the uh, commissioners that, that we have today. I think we've got a very, very, very strong uh, board of commissioners. Yeah, that's a great observation, Don. Uh I can't remember a time, and I even talked to some of the older commissioners and people that have 20-plus years of service at the department, and even they will say that uh, the commission that we've had over the last five or seven years has been um, some of the best as far as uh, communications and working together and, and dedicating the time, and that's really what it's all about. You know, do you have the time to... Uh, do what's required of a commissioner and, and put in the hours and the research to prepare yourself for meetings and things like that. So you're right. I mean, that's a, that's a good observation and you've seen a lot of them, uh, come and go. So, uh, coming from you, that's a pretty good compliment. Well, we, uh, you know, we, we were talking to, uh, Commissioner Sue about the time commitment. Uh, on an average, uh, what, what kind of hours are you, you talk about? putting in a, a month? You know, just in a, a general month, um, I, I always try to break it down a little bit because when you're when we're a week or 10 days out from a commission meeting, 
That's when the commissioners get their binders. And these are typically a four to six inch binder. Yeah, it looks like a yellow pages. One. Yeah, it contains <laughs> all the, the presentation uh, information. I call it Hell Week. <laughs> Jim, I didn't know what you what you meant. You told me that before, and I I, I experienced that this last week. So, thank you for that. <laughs> All right. So, between um, you know reading and understanding, and we speak with uh, the presenters uh, before they uh, present to the commission, just to make sure we understand what the material is, what the what the content is, and if there's any any changes or any recommendations that the commission is going to make about the presentation. So a lot of work goes, goes into to that uh, month. It wouldn't be, I would say, it, if you took a 40-hour week before the commission meeting, you're at least 20, maybe 30 hours uh, uh, a week uh, preparing for that. The week after the commission meeting, it kind of tails off a little bit, and I, but I would still say 10 to 15 hours per week for, for the rest of the uh, three weeks of the month uh, after the commission meeting. I, that, I that, agree. That, that, that's just a huge commitment. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in, the part, in the perspective, that's on a volunteer basis. Right. 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 And, you know, just as an example, Don, just as uh, Commissioner Sue was saying, um, uh, we're going to be meeting with our Region 1 folks and our Region 6 folks to talk to, the, uh, talk to them about the commission vision, the priorities that we have, and the roles and responsibilities of the commission. It's, it's sometimes amazing when we go out and talk to department staff. Everybody's working their their own little silo, and they don't understand the overall mission that we're trying to accomplish here. So these meetings are always uh, very insightful, a lot of energy, a lot of people uh, have a lot of questions about what the commission does and how the department operates, and uh, so we look forward to those. And then next month, uh, it never ends, uh, in early uh, January, we're headed up to the Western Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies. It's the winter meeting. It's over in Santa Ana, Pueblo, in New Mexico this year. And this will be the first uh, waffle meeting for uh, Commissioner Sue and Commissioner uh, Hernandez. <laughs> oh, so boy. we're looking forward to having our staff over there. Well, you, you call it a meeting. Jim and I call it kind of a vacation. Oh. <laughs> I want you to follow us around. Right, Jim? <laughs> Yeah. Chairman. One, of, one of the things, and, and Don, you and I have talked about this, when we go to these uh, WAFR conferences, and these are uh, 11 Western states for people that aren't familiar with it, and there's a couple of provinces in uh, British Columbia and Alaska is in, included in that. When we're at these meetings, everybody focuses on Arizona because we mostly lead the way <laughs> with the regulations, with understanding what commissioners do, with budgets, with people, and every other state wants to know what Arizona is doing. Uh, and it's, I always remember the first one I ever went with, I had experienced commissioners from other states asking me questions that I had no idea how to answer. And thankfully we had the Jim Zeilers and the Kurt Davises there that could uh, go handle those uh, questions. But, if there's a thirst to understand how Arizona is so successful and the things that we do in our state. 
We've been a shining star for, I, I, I'm going to go out on probably a decade with, with, with mm-hmm. all the things that we've put into place. You know, I think it started with uh, you You and I were involved with Cantrell, and, and we started developing working relationships with other states so that we didn't have to reinvent the wheel on uh, invasive species, the... Uh, the uh, raising of fish, uh, those kinds of things, and, and it just escalated over to the terrestrial side. And uh, one of the things I was talking to Commissioner Sue about, you know, we, Jim and I have to break the department down. You have you have the commission, you have the department proper, and then you have the the boots on the ground with the WM. So, I mean, it's a it's a huge task to keep everybody going the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> You are absolutely right, and I mean, if, if, if you saw what went on during what I call the Hell Week, you know, when we're doing all this research, you see all those different um, uh, different perspectives of the the department. So you're exactly right. There, there are a lot of those things going on, and sometimes it's it's hard to keep it all going in the same direction. But somehow, I don't know why this is. It always works out. <laughs> No matter what, when we get to our commission meetings, they they seem to go smoother than uh, we always think. This is the worst case that it could be, and it never goes uh, that bad. So that's at least we're thankful for that. Yeah, Commissioner Guggenauer, as Jim, um, yes, to your point, uh, when I was on the board of directors for the Mule Deer Foundation, in our monthly board meetings, I would hear, "What are they doing in Arizona, Jim?" What's going on in Arizona? You know, uh, it was amazed. It amazed me um, how uh, well thought of the the game and fish department is uh, here in Arizona. Not just here, but around the country. I mean, this is kind of the uh, the benchmark for wildlife agencies here. Well, and I would like to publicly thank Chairman Guggenhauer for your tutelage and for guiding me through so many of these things that are happening uh, within the state. And I think one of the best things you told me early on is to watch other states' commission meetings. Wow, what an eye-opener. <laughs> uh, fantastic, just fantastic. And there's a lot of good things that they're doing. But I also uh, just really want to thank you, uh, Jim, for all of your help and guidance through this uh <clears throat> Orientation by fire hose. Leslie <laughs> <laughs> stated. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Sue. Appreciate that. You know, back to Jim's comment. Hey, James, um, James, I'm going to ask you to hold on. Uh, we've got to flip into a hard break here. Uh, can you stay with us? You bet. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Guggenauer, Commissioner Sue, Jim Lawrence, uh, and uh, Doug up at the Dairy Queen Fox Sports 19. We'll be right back. If you love the outdoors, make sure you sign up for the weekly hunting fishing newsletter to stay up to date with the latest outdoorsman news across the nation. Sign up today at huntingfishing.com. Now back to Don McDowell Outdoors on Fox Sports 910. This segment is brought to you by Mr. Crappie's Slab Daddy Supper Rig. We all live for the fun. All right, we're back visiting with uh, the commissioners uh, Sue and Guggenauer with uh Mr. Lawrence here. Uh, James, what was the uh, thumbnail uh, results of uh, Cali Cavalcant's uh, big game reg briefing? 
Uh, certainly, uh, yes. Uh, uh, first of all, I thought that uh, this was Callie's first presentation. For uh, those that have known Amber Munich for all the years, Amber's going to retire in uh, at the end of January. So Callie gave the first commission orders, um, hunt tag numbers, basically, for elk, pronghorn, turkey, mule, goose deer. Uh, these are for uh, 2023 uh, fall and spring uh, hunts. And uh, exceptionally well. Uh, because of the drought, uh, some numbers are down in these areas, and we, Callie did a great job of explaining the department uses boots on the ground surveys, aerial surveys, and then they have a formula. They look at a buck to doe and a bull to the cow and uh, doe to fawn uh, ratios, and they look at those by game management units. So the hunt numbers are regulated or tailored, if you will, to each region of the state, depending on uh, what the game populations are there. So a very sophisticated process. It's hard to understand all the moving pieces in there. A lot of hunters and fishermen, but um, mostly hunters, are deeply engaged in this. They want to know how many tags are going to be available for their unit. We also talked about our uh, limited entry hunts and our um, population management hunts that we uh, have each year. So a big a big uh, topic to go through. She did an excellent job uh, with her presentation, and I think we ended up with a uh, five to uh, zero uh, approval of the commission orders this month. Outstanding. Well, I, I think Jim would agree that uh, – She's got some pretty big boots to fill with uh, Amber stepping down. And you, you tell Amber, I said she's a slacker, for traitor, quitter. You know, come on. She's done such a great job for the department and, and the constituency. Yeah. Hey, she really is. Hey, let me get some fishing stuff in here. That's what you uh, pay me for. Yes, so, sir. <laughs> you pay me as much as the commission does. So well, good there you go. That. Uh Rosebell Lake still sitting at 61% full. The yep. salt is flowing, flowing at about 200 cubic feet. The Tarno 13, that's about 100% of normal. The big thing is the rain. We've had uh, over an inch of rain here in Payson in the last 24 hours. Wonderful. Tarno Basin has had almost two inches of rain in the past 24 hours. Whoa. So if you're fishing this week, you want to move to where water is running into the lake, uh, not just on the Tano and the salt yeah. end, but uh, Rock Creek is running, Sally May Creek is running. Uh, anywhere where there's fresh water that brings nutrients into the lake, that's where the bass are going to be uh, moving to. And the reason they're going to be there is the shad are going to go there. <laughs> so uh, it should be a it. great week of fishing. Yep. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you a secret. Fish the mud line. And go find yourself, if you can't find one, make one, a chartreuse spinner blade. Chartreuse skirts, chartreuse heads, red eyes, and chartreuse blades. Yeah. You, know, you, fish you, you always line. demonstrate yourself as an experienced angler, Don, because you're exactly right. As the water gets more stained, those brighter colors yeah. stand out to the fish uh, better than the, the darker colors. But I want to share a funny story. Uh, last week you had 
uh, Matt Shore on talking about the jigging spoon technique. And <laughs> so I'm, I'm down at Roosevelt Lake and I'm looking on the uh, tonneau and, and I'm not seeing any, anybody fishing down there. And I'm thinking, what in the heck is going on down here? So I drive up to the uh, Windy Point, uh, Windy Hill area. And you know the little narrows between a Windy Point and over to Sally Mae Cove. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a huge drop off there that a lot of people spoon fish, which is what Matt was promoting as the technique. There had to be 20 guys sitting right on that break throwing casting spoons up there, and I thought, okay, so those guys must be listening to the Don McDowell show. In yeah, I, I tell you what, you know, that was such a great show. And, uh, Commissioner, we, we, we were talking about spooning, and I got uh, four emails from girls out at Apache Junction wanting Mark or Matt's phone number because they wanted to spoon with him. Oh, I listened to the show, so I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so anyway, that yeah, that was an awesome, awesome thing. You know what? Everything he was he was putting out there, there wasn't any monkey shine on it. It was the absolute truth. Oh yeah, I mean it doesn't like we said when he was on the show. It doesn't get any better when you're hearing it from guys like that. Uh, that's exactly what the bite is that day. He was even telling people thirty to forty feet down, and I mean, just I mean, a lot of good information from uh, those experts. How about the geese population in uh, Green Valley Park? Yeah, we want to uh, remind everybody first that uh, uh, down at Roosevelt Lake, they always put up a, a goose closure area over on the Tonto and uh, also includes portions of horse pasture and Bermuda Flats. So watch those buoys lines. It's going to be closed until February 23rd. Now, having said that, there's not a lot of goose down at Roosevelt Lake. They're all up at Green Valley Park, as you stated, Don. And there are hundreds of them down there. But it is beautiful to go see. If you've never been to Green Valley Park, uh, turn on uh, Main Street when you get into town and go down to the end there. Uh, you'll see hundreds of uh, geese flying around in formation. But the best part is the Gaming Fish Department stocks Green Valley Lake with trout. It is like the hot spot for trout fishing up in rim country this time of year. And uh, a fun time to get on there. All those, I'll, I'll say, uh, seasoned anglers who sit around in their oh, seasoned anglers. Are you, come on. That's lawn chairs, bibbed overalls, dungarees, if you will. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> and hot dogs. That's, yeah. That's, that's the guys. But uh, they are, if you ever need any uh, help, on catching fish, you ask one of those guys, and I guarantee you'll get more information about trout fishing at Green Valley Lake than you plan to get. Well, I, I liken it. Not that I spend a lot of time in a barbershop. Uh, Jim would attest to that. But when you go to the barbershop, you learn all about the world events. You can w- learn about the world events at Green Valley Lake. Just go talk to the anglers. <laughs> all righty. We've got to flip yeah. into a break. God love you. I appreciate what you're doing. James Guggenauer, Chairman, Commissioner, AZGFD. Hey, I'm Don McDowell. Marsha Petrie, Sue Commissioner. And Doug at the Dairy Queen. We'll be right back at the update on the newsletter after we come back from break. It's time for Don McDowell Outdoors on Fox Sports 910. A show for the avid fisherman and hunter looking for tips from the pros. Now here's your host, a saltwater fisherman and the man that fears no fish. He's the vast daddy in a tournament pro, 
Don McDowell. All right, uh, if you just joined us, we have uh, Commissioner Marsha Sue in the house with us, and uh, thank you for coming down. Project uh, Director for the Arizona Deer Association, Mr. Jim Lawrence, uh, in the house, and thank you as well. I love that jacket, by the way. Thanks, <laughs> and uh, we have Doug hanging out the Dairy Queen on the newsletter. Doug, what's happening up there? What's the temperature? Uh, we're, uh, right this morning, we're about 43, 44 degrees. Oh, that's not bad. No, it's oh. not. But yet, the last couple of days, we've been getting up in the mid-60s during the day. So it's oh, I'm not, nice. I'm not even going to feel bad for you. Commissioner, yeah. you, 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 I'm going to paint the picture. Here's Doug in a cowboy hat, hanging out the Dairy Queen, waiting <laughs> for him to open. He's got a tank top on, Bermuda shorts, and cowboy boots. And it's 40 degrees. Yeah. There, there you go. There you go. You think his nervous system works? No. No. No, no it's gone. Uh, you know what? If you believe that, Marcia, then Don's got a bridge he wants to sell you. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> yeah, He's okay. got a couple bridges. Yeah. All yeah. right. Hey, what's going on on the newsletter? A lot of stuff going well, on all uh, around the country. Well, real quick, we'll just get an overview here. Last week I had an article on, on last week's newsletter about the uh, four dams are going to get removed up on the Klamath River. Um, I, I replicated that again this week, and we're really going to want to talk mm-hmm. about that uh, in our report after the show. If you look at the screen, you'll see now uh, the four dams we're talking about and where they're located on this river. Uh, this is a huge deal, and after having uh, authorization, uh, go-ahead authorization on this. It'll be a couple, three years before everything is taken care of. But you know, Don, as well as I do, this is about getting salmon farther up the rivers now, uh, where they couldn't go before. So that river's really going to turn around in terms of productivity. Doug, really, what's really happening? Good. Uh, what, what's happening to the dams? The, uh, <clears throat> is there any, uh, hydroelectric production on the, on that river where they're talking about, uh, well, there is. Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, most of that is, well, all of it is going to be picked up by other uh, sources, which they've already discussed, I guess, you know, you know what kind of meetings they have. Um, so that's all going to be handled. That's not the issue. The issue is just getting rid of all this concrete. But there is a plan set forth for that as well. Uh, I think they got their ducks in a row uh, in doing this. So I'm... Um, thinking this is a good thing to do yeah well no okay you're gonna get me on my salt box we'll, we'll talk of this i know uh, talk about this post airtime because we've got a new power line running all the way through arizona that you know it's tearing up our uh wildlife habitat and california right. is a recipient of the of, of the electricity not arizona uh they're building uh fifteen thousand acres of solar farm out here they're using arizona state assets who's getting the power california so they're, they're taking uh, – I, I, I'm going to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and I know about this. Uh, uh, the projects we've done, you know, down in the, uh, uh, I don't know, what do you call it, the southwest part of the Arizona uh, with all those uh, electric prop issues they're dealing with yeah. and what they want to do to the – the landscape. You know? Well, we're, we're so, yeah. just so you'll know, and, and we're probably going to include you in the meeting to uh, uh, summarize what's happening. You know, we, we've got a meeting uh, with two two commissioners, uh, not commissioners, uh, congressmen. Same thing. Sorry, slip. <laughs> uh, 
on the uh, the nine cases of the uh, ranchers losing the allotments to solar farms. Uh, we've got yeah. uh, Andy Biggs and Gosar kicking. I don't know if there's anything that they can do, but we need to look at it. And there's going to be a push with the new governor to get a hold of the state land department, slap them around a little bit, and quit colluding with uh, Bureau of Land Management running the uh, ranchers out of business for stuff going to California. So, I don't walk away from a fight, but this is a fight that we're probably not going to win. But I'm going to be in there swinging for them. Well, you have to be, Don. We're talking 5,000 acres in that one segment that we looked at. I forget the rancher's name, but he's losing 5,000 acres. Yeah, that's, no, 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 no. That's 15,000-acre allotment out there. His oh, name yeah, is D- David that's Lansford. Right. And on top that's of that, there, there's eight other cases. Okay, real quick, uh, around the nation. All right, around the nation, let's talk about Arizona. You know, the this time of year, uh, restrictions are now in place for bald eagle breeding. Are you doing, to, uh, are you doing it to me again? Am I? Okay. Yeah. I guess I am. Okay, well, stop it. <laughs> well, it, it's a huge deal. You know, I had no idea there are over 94 breeding areas in Arizona for bald I know. They've also been off the endangered species for almost a decade. So, yeah. I would, can yeah. I jump in here and say something? Because the Arizona Game and Fish has a newsletter that comes out, too. And they had a wonderful explanation of that just, <laughs> what, a couple days ago, I think, Don? Yes, ma'am, I saw that. Okay. Right after I peel myself off the ceiling. Oh. That, that's a story for another time. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. It it's all good. Protect the birds, okay? There's a couple interesting areas. Uh, back in uh, in Montana, they had a moose that was euthanized because it was in such poor health. And this was a good thing they did. I mean, this moose was barely walking. It would fall, yada, yada, yada. So what, 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 was it CWD? I don't know. Okay. They, I, they never gave me gave us a reason in the article I read. So I, I don't really know that. Um, but, also, but that's what they did. I mean, they had to. Uh, in Ohio, <laughs> this was unbelievable. Thousands of mink were causing all kinds of problems after being sprung from a farm. And we're talking between twenty-five and 40,000 mink. They were all over the place, on the roads. They they es- brought the wait, 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 wait. They escaped? Yes. Yes. And, <laughs> oh, my and goodness. They had, to bring, they had to bring snow plows to clear the roads. This was unreal. You gotta love Ohio. <laughs> oh my oh, gosh. gosh! Isn't that something unbelievable? <laughs> That's outstanding. Anyway, but you know it, 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 the emphasis I put in uh, um, in the newsletter is that Ohio is having a great deer season. But you know what? That is the case no matter where you go back east. Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin—they're all having great years. Um, for deer season, so a lot of deer. Well, <clears throat> there there are some of those states that you mentioned. They they have uh, more deer harvest by front bumpers than they do hunters. Actually, of course, of course, yeah, Pennsylvania course. comes to mind. Uh, same thing with yeah. the bears too. I think what New Hampshire, Maine, up through there. 
They're having the same yeah. kind of issue with the bear. On the highway? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Lisa, yeah, they that's, do. That, You're yeah, right. Yeah, that's what I saw, yeah. Uh, that's crazy. And, man, out west, Marsha, it's up in Montana, Idaho, et cetera. It's not about cars. It's about hunters being attacked by bears. Oh, yeah, well, there's that. I I, I see that frequently. Just you don't know. turn your back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I just so you know, Marsha, I, I spend most of my week going through uh, 38 different state game and fish websites just wow. pulling out information uh, that I think people would be interested in reading about. Um, so, yeah, I see this stuff all the time. Um, just a note, the Firearms Policy Coalition organization is on the job, man. They are just filing injunctions and uh, putting it right back in the face of some of these left-wing uh, organizations about guns, gun control, you name it. Magazine capacities is a big yeah. issue this week. Uh, and we're talking New York, Delaware, and Oregon in the news this week. Of so, course. Oh, yeah. Oh, All yeah. right. Uh, what so else you it. got? One, one thing I do want to ask you, uh, down in your guns and ammo department, uh, you've got an article, the best bear defense handguns of 2022. Yes. And I'm surprised to see uh, that Glock uh, G20 up there. Yeah, uh, I I would too. I I'd much rather, yeah, I'd much rather have my uh, 1911 than I would. Well, not. I you know, is there any mention of that uh, Casal 454? No. The now uh, this was this really this information came out of um, I think it was a Field and Stream article. Uh, they so need, they're the ones they, this they need to out. get out more. Uh, I'm just saying. Uh, well, yeah, you know. These are guys that sit at a desk. They don't, they're not out in the field. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Uh, we're going to flip into a break here. We'll uh, do the newsletter. Uh, how many do we have on roll call to honor uh, post-air time? We have three. Oh, okay. Well, we will uh, do roll call as well. All right, good job, okay. Doug. Uh, I, I appreciate All your right. input. And, uh, Jim, one of those on the uh the bear handgun was a Ruger, uh, Ruger Super Red Hawk Alaskan. I'll look and see what caliber that comes in. I think that's stuck at forty four. But anyway, uh, we'll flip into a break. Come back uh, more with uh, Commissioner Sue, Jim Lawrence, Don McDowell here on Fox Sports nine ten ninety nine point nine FM HD two. We'll be right back. And and Al's still awake. God, I love it. This is wonderful. <laughs> Show us your rack. How big is that elk, whitetail, moose, or mule deer? In the world of big game hunting, there's nothing better than having your rack on the wall and shown around the outdoor world. Head to HuntingFishing.com and show us your rack. Now back to Don McDowell Outdoors on Fox Sports 910. This segment is brought to you by Mr. Crappie's Slab Daddy Supper Rigs. We all live for the thump. All righty, uh, I want to remind everybody the uh, annual Phoenix Fishing Sidewalk Sale is going on right now. So jump in your truck and run down there and uh, see Gowdy. Uh, Mike uh, Hoffarth is down there, president of the uh, Goodyear Bass Association for um, BASS uh, Bass Nation. So that's always fun down there. So, okay, uh, 
Back to you guys. You know, um, there's a lot of stuff going on around the country. What what kind of problems uh, do you see in Arizona that are are strictly unique uh, besides the water? Um, We we manage probably more more game species, I I would guess. So correct me if I'm wrong, 429, 629. 836. Oh. Okay. Last count. Last count. Yeah. Who's counting? Yeah, exactly. Well, when when, when Jim DeVos was up there, we were going to change the name of the department to Arizona Game Fish and Frogs. There you go. No, because they, they, you know, they were on the Chiricahua frog and yep. you know, who done it frog. And but don't forget about the New Mexico jumping mouse. Oh, that's one of JK's favorites. Absolutely, <laughs> it's one of Al's favorites too. He loves talking about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to go bang my head on the wall. <laughs> well, and I think all those species, you know, interplay with each other, and they all have a purpose and. And that's one of the things we do with research and putting together all the information is making sure that if they are endangered, that they have a plan for recovery. It's taken a long time to recognize the fact that, you know, we have to be diligent to all God's little creatures. And and Jim has to bang me on the head once in a while because we go in and we do a deer project. I put up a sign that said antelopes are not allowed here. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, was it the woman in, in, uh, I think it was Texas where they, the deer crossing and there was a lot of deer getting killed on that road and she says, move the sign. There you go. You You don't want the deer to, to, uh, back back to you, Jim. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's run down the, uh, uh, commissioner, uh, Sue and, uh, her driver, uh, Albert. We're there doing, yep. doing a great job. Um, you have the floor. Yeah, they were. That uh, was the uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So uh, the commissioner and, and Al were there, and we had, uh, I believe, about 20 volunteers on yeah. the project. Boy, that was a good one. It was awesome. And uh, we finished that. We ran uh, two miles of pipe and installed two new drinkers and the plumbing and all that and Six and a half hours, so it was it was great. Boom! Yeah, thank God for those horses. I'm telling oh, you, buddy. Wow, isn't that the truth? We had about every you know, horses and excavators and you name it. We had it out there. <clears throat> you know, I love cowboy ingenuity. You know, I'm thinking, and I asked you, I said, Where, "Where's this big four foot by ten foot drink?" And he goes, "Oh, down there in the canyon." I'm thinking, "Damn." Here we go. This is going to be a tough one. Right. And they couldn't slide it down because I guess it's aluminum and they were worried it was going to tear if they just drug it down. So I, and I don't know what finally happened. Did the guys carry it down? No, we, uh, yeah, they, the, uh, the cowboys came to clean out the back end of, uh, Terry's side by side. They hoisted it up sideways. Oh, and turned it upside down. Yeah. And, uh, lashed it down and, uh, I'm thinking, I got a little video going, God, I wonder what could go wrong with this idea. (laughs) Well, I thought it was so funny when we were standing up on top, and uh, Terry's brother calls her and says, Oh, Terry, we rolled your, we rolled your, uh, (laughs) your side by side. Oops. And Terry's eyes got big around the silver dollars. You know, it was was funny. He was just pulling her leg. Jeez. But uh, it was a great project. We've got another pipeline project coming up in uh, January as well up on the Obar Sea. 
And then in February on the OBRC, we're filming a uh, dirt tank redevelopment project. So, playing in the mud. Playing in the mud, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, cool video to put on our website for uh, for our ranching partners to see how. Yeah, there's a little bit of a process uh, <clears throat> uh, mixing the bentonite in, in the tank to make it uh, sealed. Yep, there is. There is. You have to. You know, clean out the tank, put some of the good dirt up on top, and then apply the bentonite about two inch and a half to two inches thick, uh, deep, and then come back and put a six to eight inch layer of dirt on that and then compact it. Gently. Yeah. And then you're talking about cowboy ingenuity. A lot of these ranchers will take mineral blocks or salt blocks, put them after the, the topsoil has been put back on top of the bentonite. They'll throw the salt blocks or mineral blocks down in the, middle of the tank and then the cattle go down in there and they just that, compact that, everything action method yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Love I love it i i hadn't heard that that's a good yeah. one yeah they do and yeah cowboy ingenuity great. yeah yep. it's great cowboy ingenuity fantastic yep well, those are good projects, and I, I love talking to the ranchers and their kids and everybody that comes out. And I really recommend that if you're listening and if you want to get out and help with any of these, that just, you know, let us know through Don or whomever go into the Critter website. Just call Jim. Yeah, call, yeah. call Jim. AZ, AZ, Jim at org. Yeah, there you yep. go. There you go. Because we can always use help, right, Jim? Always use help. Yeah, it's great. And it's neat to see, you know, we had people from, we had kids out there from one, two years old. Some of the moms brought their kids and we had people up to, you know, in their 80s helping on this project. Oh, you mean like my husband? I wasn't going to mention that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Jim, we just had that uh, one gentleman, I mentioned it earlier, with his two boys and you got a hold of him. Yes. And told them about the projects, which I think getting these youngsters out there is really, uh, it's our future. It's the future of the outdoors. You're right. It is. It is our future. And, you know, it gets these kids away from the the video games. And right. Gets them out. I mean, we were out there. I mean, the weather was perfect. We couldn't ask for a nicer day. No, it was, it was awesome. gorgeous. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's <clears throat> neat to see these young people. And, you know, it, it teaches them to give back. Right. You know. Um, the thing, what, what, one of the things, uh, Jim, that, uh, you're instrumental in creating is, is this relationship that I spoke about earlier with the, uh, uh, ADA with the ranchers. Yeah. I am just absolutely stunned at the extra mile that they go to, uh, take care of the wildlife. It is amazing. Um, you, you know, I, I don't want to keep bringing up the old bar C, but I've been working with Terry for, I don't know, eight, ten years now. And uh, they're a model. That ranch is a model for other um, of our ranching partners or, yeah. or ranchers around the state of Arizona. I mean, this lady, even in the summertime, it's 114 degrees. She's hauling water at her own expense. Uh, by her, herself. By herself to pastures where they don't even have cattle in, strictly just for the water. Yeah. Or just for the wildlife. Um, it's great to see. You know, those are the kind of people we want to partner with. Well, absolutely. And, and um, one of Jim's policies working with the ranchers is we, we go in and work, 
and, and sometimes we, we fund and, and, you know, pay for stuff. But the only thing Jim asks is you leave your gates open for hunter access. Right. And you leave the water on year-round for all God's little creatures. We, we've seen some pictures. Uh, I think one of them, you, you, you saw the rattlesnake get a drink of water up at uh, Ash Springs. Yes. We had a, a trail cam down at uh, uh, the 366 drinker down on the Whetstone Mountains of a rattlesnake coming up and having, having a taste. Yep. You know, well, honestly, and, I never even thought about snakes. Well, and hummingbirds, you don't think about all the birds that come in. I can't remember that one where we were clearing around a water catchment. Was that up with Josh? I think it was. It was. 51, up at 51, and all those birds were around. It was fantastic. I yeah. mean, it's just so good to see. And that I think the one you're talking about was up on uh, um, Horseshoe. Yeah, it was that old, old one. Remember, I can't remember the year that was Cleared in the cement. Yeah. Brush around. The- right, because the animals stopped drinking because the lions would come up yeah. In, oh, yeah. in waiting. And so we had to clear all that brush back. Yeah. And yeah. You know, when we're hauling water in the summer to a, a lot of these catchments, the catchments are full of bees, you know, so... These waters, you know, even though we're called the Arizona Deer Association, these waters are for all the wildlife. Yeah. Birds, bees, butterflies, hummingbirds, yeah. at all. You know. It's wonderful, and it's wonderful to actually see it. You can tell people that, but until you really see it yeah. and experience that, uh, that's why I really recommend that more people get out. Take your kids out. Yeah. Well, Don and I were just discussing about purchasing more uh, game cameras so we can monitor these waters. Yeah, good out. idea. Yeah. So we can show people, you know, the good that's being done out there. Well, there's only one thing I want to request. I'm I'm going to show you this one. Uh, This is Ash Springs. Oh, yeah. And I'll be damned if that's not a mountain lion. It sure is. I can see it. Wow. Yep, sure is. And, And, Don, I have one request, though. Can Jan make those cupcakes for the rest of our life for every project we do? Oh, sure. Especially the yeah. lemon poppy seed, please. There you go. Thank you, Jan. <laughs> What's the uh, next big project after OBRC? Um, after the OBRC. Yeah, we've still got Orem hanging out there. We have Orem. We're ready to start that. We're just waiting for uh, – we've had all the cultural clearances – you know, the NEPA has been done. Everything's ready to go on that. We're just waiting for um, uh, one person at, at the Forest Service to sign off on that. And then we're okay. Go. All right. We got to flip into a break here at Fox Sports 910, 99.9 FM HD2. And uh, we'll be back more with uh, the Commissioner and Mr. Lawrence. I'm Don McDowell. Stay with us. Back to Don McDowell Outdoors on Fox Sports 910 and always on our free iHeartRadio app. Here's the Bass Daddy and Tournament Pro, Don McDowell. This segment is brought to you by TheWilderness.com, makers of quality outdoor and tactical gear, TheWilderness.com. All right, we're back. Um, I've been saving my loaded questions for the commissioner for this particular segment. Thank you so much. I'll divert. No, 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 no. Jim and I are going to hold your feet to the fire okay. on this one. All right. Uh, being a game commissioner, uh, explain to our listeners your uh, hunting and fishing background. This should be easy. It's very easy. I started fishing as a very, very young girl uh, with my dad, 
and uh, he always had a boat, born and raised in Southern California on the water. And also his family, our family, has a place back in Wisconsin, uh, Browns Lake. It's outside of uh, Milwaukee. And uh, when I remember my dad was teaching my cousin how to cast, I'm about, oh, I'm going to say maybe nine years old. I'd say Georgie was probably six and so Georgie pulls his pole back and goes to cast, his very first cast ever, hooks me in the back. Perfect. Yeah, so I had just learned about tetanus, and I'm crying and screaming, I'm going to die of tetanus, you know. And so my dad says, no, no. He says, this happens all the time. I have some serum in my tackle box. And so he gets out something. Of course, it's in my back. I can't see what's going on. It took my father 20 years to tell me it was three-in-one oil. I love it. <laughs> That he put on my back. I mean, so, and he was just, just an amazing man. And, uh, on his 80th birthday, we went down to San Diego, actually Dana Point, and, uh, I took him, one of my clients had a marlin boat. And so we went marlin fishing and we got out to caught our bait and we got out where the marlin were running. And, uh, he told my dad, he says, you better hit the head because you're going to be first up. My dad says, yeah, it's going to be another boat ride. Because my dad and I had been all over trying to catch a marlin for him all those years. So sure enough, he comes out of the head and zzz, the pole goes down. Well, my dad said, it's a blind strike. And and Max says, just pull the pole. Well, it was about, not a huge marlin, but about 120 pounds, 130 pounds. And so my dad caught his first marlin at 80 years old. Wow. Is that cool? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's like Al. He took his last elk at 80 years old. That was up in Utah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I've been fishing a long time. Al and I love Costa Rica for sales. Uh, we were down Trinity River in Texas, gar. I caught a 132-pound gar. <coughs> and actually, that, that's a good one. yeah, the tail uh, slapped me in the head on the, while we were putting it back in because it's all catch and release. And, you sure that one now? Yeah, well. Uh, and it not only slimed me, but it also pooped on me. So I had sent that into America's Funniest Home Videos. So we actually wound up on America's Funniest Home Videos with that. Get out of town. Yeah, yeah, it's still up. I had someone call me the other day and said, you're back on the reel. And I thought, all righty then. <laughs> so it's it's pretty fun. But we love uh, uh, fishing for stripers down what Baffin Bay. I think we're in Baffin Bay. I thought that was when Al was going to throw me overboard because he had caught the biggest fish on my very last cast. Our guide says, just right up there, you know, near the rocks, go ahead and cast. And sure enough, I caught a bigger fish. So I thought, he's he's thrown me in. He's going to send me in. And you've seen that one is uh, taxidermied at the house. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, it's it's fabulous. And we still hunt and fish. But when I met him, uh, I had never hunted. I'd never seen a gun. In my life, my really? wedding gift was an over and under Satori lightweight. Nice. It's still still a great uh, sporting clay gun, and uh, so now I I teach pistol and to women especially that are afraid of guns. So I do uh, quite a bit of that, and I do it for free. I just want to reduce the fear. So it's it's fun, and I just love it. And I have my own arsenal now, and I had more hunts I think than now. What was that? Three years ago, I'd gone to Argentina with the girls, dove hunting, and did all this different stuff, and he says, you know, 30 years ago, I wanted you to be interested, not consumed. He said, this is really getting to be expensive for both of us to hunt and fish. (laughs) 
But uh, it's fabulous. Um, we made a deal when we got married is that you do my stuff and I'll do your stuff. So his stuff obviously was the consummate outdoorsman, fishing, hunting, doing all that, the work projects. I'd never done a work project. But my deal was the opera, the symphony, you know, going to to concerts. And I don't think Al had ever been to a concert that didn't include a banjo. You know, uh, he's he's looking at me now. He's giving me that that guy, thirty year husband look. But it's been fabulous, Don, and it's just he's opened up a whole new world. I'd never camped. Uh, I uh, didn't own a pair of jeans. Mother called them dungarees because only farmers wore them. Be, be careful. I know, I know. Forty six years old, I bought my new uh, my first pair of uh, jeans. Giddy up. Yep, giddy up. And I remember the first time he asked me to go uh, camping, I said, is this going to involve dirt? I had no idea. <laughs> and so I get out of the truck. We're up at the campsite. And I said, where are the restrooms? <laughs> he says, you see that log? Right? O- you just go hang your butt right over there. And you, you, you. He says, I've got toilet paper in the back of the truck. And I said, you know, I don't think I've ever gone out with anyone that carried toilet paper in their vehicle. So. He's opened a whole new world to me. I thought everybody I did that. Well, I have it in my backpack now. Okay. You know, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. you, you <laughs> but, need to keep it in your pocket. I know. Well, I've got that too. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's it's been a wonderful journey, and he's the uh, best guy I've ever known. And it's just, it's fantastic. And I look forward to another 30 years. Right, Al? <laughs> yeah, boy. Have you had the opportunity to fish East Cape? Uh, no, we did, uh, uh, are you talking East Coast? No, East Cape over in the Waha. No, no. Uh, we fished, uh, Sea Cortez out of Loretto. <clears throat> Loretto? Yeah, with Mike Day. Mike Day. Uh, that, that was my next question. Yeah, and Mike's very good friend, got married in our backyard. McGill. With Daddy. <clears throat> yeah. Huh? He was there? You yeah. were there when we were fishing down there? Yeah. Mike is... Was uh, I sleeping or on tequila? Yeah, he <laughs> he's one of the most well-rounded fishermen I've ever known. Well, I know Al fished with him. He did that uh, bird and fish, fin and feather, fin and feather. at Was that Wheaties? Wheaties. Yeah, yep. that went down there with him. But we've been down there a couple times. Uh, roosters, um, getting rid of the seals, taking your line and... You know, catching birds and having them fly away with your bait. We, we can't talk about dealing with seals. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Uh, just, you just move the boat, you know. Yeah, there you go. But it was it was fabulous and hit uh, some great yellowtail. Oh, man, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. You hit those schools, you can't, you can't get your line back in the water quick enough. Yeah. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a great guy. We spent quite a bit of time at Weeches with him. Uh, Bill Skinner, who's passed away now was my initial uh, guy down at uh, the Trophy Bass Lodge at Lake Wheatas. And uh, that is some of the most stellar bass fishing on the planet by far. Yeah. My my dad was just a huge, huge fisherman. And we used to, yeah, we had a mooring in Avalon. And so we'd go over there and, and fish a lot. Uh, yeah. It was fantastic. We had one trip down there. We pretty much wasted ourselves bass fishing and then we went down to Sinaloa Pato and uh, uh, had a side stop with uh, um, Senor Balderrama on a canal and uh, had uh, cervezas and uh, freshly hand-picked oysters. 
Oh, yum. That's my oh, favorite. Oh, God, it was great. And then we went down and shot ducks. And Oh, that's great. I was fishing with a client. I was doing some work down in, I think it was Cancun, and we went out fishing. And they said, well, Marsha, do you want to go? And I said, well, sure. And so went out. I was the only one that caught a fish. And it was a, where, a tuna. Does she, do, does she do this to you all the time? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He's, uh, look at the look. Oh, my oh, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Oh, here we go. I know, I know. But I'm I'm flexible. I have a you know a strategic thinking mind, and I just love doing stuff, especially when I know it's giving back to nature. You know, whether it's a project with Jim or uh, with antelope, with uh, sheep, whatever it is. Um, again, my mission's to give back more than I received. Had a blessed life. You're you're in a good place to do it. Okay. We gotta flip into one more break. Uh, right after the break, we got a short phone call with Mike Hawthorne down at Phoenix Fishing on the sidewalk sale. We'll be right back here on Fox Sports 910. If you love the outdoors, make sure you sign up for the weekly hunting fishing newsletter to stay up to date with the latest outdoorsman news across the nation. Sign up today at huntingfishing.com. Now back to Don McDowell Outdoors on Fox Sports 910. Alrighty, we're back. Uh, no uh, contact with Mike down at Phoenix Fishing Supply, and I'm not surprised that. Have you ever been down there? I have not. There is more stuff down there. It's all fish, and it's a great spot. And where is it, Don? 16th Street, just south of uh, Camelback on the west side, right next door to Harvey's Weinberger. Oh, okay. All right. I kind of know where that is, even. Yeah, that's a <laughs> great hamburger, too, by the way. That's great. Okay, uh, we got a few minutes to get this thing cleaned up and uh, get on with the day. Um, what's your next big task uh, facing you on your schedule with the uh, commission? Uh, finding enough time to get everything done. And one of my goals is to make sure I visit all the departments and meet the people, find out what they do. Uh, is there any pressing thing that they have? You ask me that. I want to know what it is. I'll give you a good example. Uh, we had the opportunity to go through the wildlife center that's up at um, headquarters. I, I, I just stuck my head in there for the first time uh, last Wednesday. Kelly Tharp, who is our uh, chief and runs all of that educational program does such an amazing job with all of her team up there and we got an explanation of why the animals are there and they don't do rehab there what they that is is education so all of those animals in there are used to take out to schools and to help uh, other people understand what these animals do, how they benefit us and what we can do to make sure that that particular species thrives. And they talk about how they feed them. And I'm telling you, I've never seen anything like this. They they were getting ready to feed. And so they had like, um, for an example, for the snakes, they had little cups that had like <laughs> mice in them. Oh, here we go. Oh, Jim. yeah, I know, I know. And they'd weigh them. And then before every single day, they weigh, especially the birds, because the birds can't tell you when they're sick. So the only way they know if they're not feeling well is by weight. So she has a scale there. She brought home uh, uh, in there a TV tray from her house, put the scale on there. The birds come over with her, and they they know that time of day. They just jump on the scale, and then she weighs them, and they jump back on her arm. I mean, it's it, it's amazing. 
It is just amazing. Who knew? Yeah, exactly. They are trying to do enough work in there to get this open to the public. Uh, they have a, a few liability issues right now, and just the way the animals are caged, and yeah. you know that the the safety of the animal as well as for the the visitors and the people there. But it was so amazing, and you talk about knowledgeable. Wow, and all of them have names. And by the way, they're looking for adoptive parents for those desert tortoises. Oh, still? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I can't remember. They had, what, 90 maybe? Uh, they had a lot of them. They're looking for homes. And I actually oh. had someone on my Facebook page today asking me, how do you adopt a tortoise? You can go right on the Arizona Game and Fish website. And they have the adoption program all set up there. So it's fabulous. It's a great thing you know, to be able to do. They, they do such a good job with all little creatures. You know, Jim, I, I, uh, Kurt Davis corrected me. And, uh, you know, we keep getting these emails for spotlighting opportunities for the black-footed ferret. I thought that was a shooting opportunity. Oh, oh, oh yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> I know. Just me. Yeah, exactly. Little buggers are hard to hit. At night. Oh man, oh man. Well, and the other thing is, we shoot a lot of sporting clays, especially Al because he's a big bird guy. And uh, the the facility out there at Ben yeah. Avery is just amazing. The way game and fish, don't you think, Jim? It is. Yeah, they have done such a good job of not only with sporting clays, but the skeet and trap, and and they have archery out there now, and they have training. I mean, it, you need it. They have it. Yeah, I think the uh, uh, Ben Avery on, on the rifle side has come a long way. It, it's definitely a world-class facility. That's right. what they advertise it truly is. But the uh, th- there's been a generation change on the, uh, on the, on the rifle range. Yeah. Uh, there's new guys out there. They're knowledgeable. I went out and uh, sighted in. Uh, I didn't. I had. I paid the fifteen dollars. I said, "Here, here's a rifle. It's never been fired. Dial it in. Three bullets. Me, I'd have been through three boxes." Was that with Hasiampa? Pardon me. The Hasiampa group, because they do that out there as well. No, no. I just want okay. one of the guys. Out, oh, a, nice. a young kid. He goes, "Yeah, I got this." Yeah, you want it? How? I said, yeah, I want it inch high at 100 yards. Oh, it's right there. Yeah. Well, and, and that uh, saves you the cost of the ammo. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that the, the, the big board bullets are $3.50 a yeah. pop. Well, at the one program I do, Elena has been down at that. Um, she never quit. We also shoot a 50 cal. And we have uh, 51 different firearms that these women can test and use. And 50 cal, we didn't have it last year because they couldn't even get the ammo, not oh, yeah. even to mention pay for it. I mean, we we couldn't even get it. So yeah, it, it it it's a big deal. And <clears throat> the the thing that I I found odd, the, I'm a fisherman. They have a hot dog guy out there. Yeah, he wasn't there that day. <gasps> oh no! I, I go up to the range master Schwarzkopf. You met him? I said, Hey, where's the hot dog guy? <laughs> he goes, He's not here. I said, No, it's just a minute. So it comes back. He's he's down at the Clay Center. Go down there. So I drove all the way down there looking for a hot dog. He's got everything piled on his truck. I go, God, are you kidding me? He goes, just come back here. So I had to back up. <laughs> he hands me a hot dog. He says, have a good day. See ya. So, That's great. Yeah, yeah, Al loves those hot dogs. I do too. But it, yeah, yeah. You mentioned those yesterday. Yep. Okay. 
All right. Well, Jim, uh, any, anything to add on your behalf on uh, projects uh, ADA? How, how do the folks? We had we had two guys uh, show up out there that uh, answered a uh, social media call. Yeah, yeah. We had a uh, couple of people that uh, had uh, volunteered for that OBRC project yeah. that was off of social media. So I think one of them actually drove a Subaru. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, you know, it had on a Starbucks cap. So. Oh, okay. Was he the guy wearing that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. So, yeah. I mean, we'd love to get all the volunteers we can out on these projects, and uh, we have a lot coming up. Yeah. A lot coming up. Well, thank you, Jim, for everything you do for deer. Thank it's you. fabulous. And the other critters out there. Yep, yep. Thank you. Well, you guys are welcome, and I, I really uh, appreciate your uh, engagement on these projects. It's uh Makes for a good day. She makes a hell of a ham sandwich, too, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why we keep her around, Don. Uh, okay. <laughs> a couple more projects. Yeah, you go least. down that road. I'm not going down. We don't want to miss a feeding. That's no, for oh, sure. No. 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 All righty. You're welcome here anytime. Any, anytime there's a, a, a disturbance down there that uh, we can lend a hand on, you're welcome to use this platform on behalf of Thank you, the Don. Commission Game and Fish and uh, – yeah, I just love it. Well, thank you so much. I'm truly honored to serve as commissioner for Arizona Game and Fish. It's just, it's a dream come true for me, it, so thank it's you. It's a big deal. Yeah. It, it truly is. It I, is for me. I tell you, Don, Arizona's blessed to have her. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Thank and, Jim, you. thank you for all your hard work. That doesn't quite, you know, thank you is just an innocuous term, but got it. You know, I just, I don't know what else to say. Well, thank you. I, I'm, I'm absolutely beyond words at your uh, efforts putting on the ground for all God's critters and the uh, the villagers and the uh, constituents. Alrighty, we got to get this thing cleaned up and get on with the day. I got a truck to uh, unload, so thank you for coming down. Thank you for coming down. Good to see you all. And uh, take your kids or fishing, hook your bass boat. Sign up for the newsletter at huntingfishing.com. And yeah, we're out of here. See you next week.